this Infectious Diseases Hub podcast. This week we'll be looking at the results from the first ever prevention of infection trial for tuberculosis and how a new gene editing technique could be used to detect infections. I'm Martha Powell and I'm Alice Greenway. Let's kick things off this week by looking at the results from a phase 2 trial on tuberculosis. Yes, well these findings presented at the 5th Global Forum on TB vaccines are very important. As you know, currently the only licensed vaccine for TB is BCG, or Bacillus Calmet-Gerin. Of course, and so past studies with BCG have indicated that primary vaccination may only offer partial protection, suggesting that revaccination could provide additional benefits. This trial, which took place in the Western Cape province of South Africa, assessed the novel subunit vaccine H4IC31 and BCG in a revaccination programme. So both vaccines were assessed for safety, immunogenicity and the ability to prevent initial and sustained TB infections among healthy adolescents aged 12 to 17. The study was both the first and the largest of its kind. Yes, I mean the study involved almost a thousand people, all of which were HIV negative and had received the BCG vaccine as infants. The participants were divided randomly into three groups, one for each vaccine and then one for the placebo. Martha, could you tell us about the safety of the vaccines? So the team observed that both vaccines appeared to be safe and there were no serious adverse effects. Well that's great news, but how did the vaccines perform in terms of preventing infection? Well, both vaccines managed to produce an immune response in the adolescents that were studied. However, neither showed any statistical significance in preventing the initial TB infection. Well, I guess that's not surprising based on previous studies. But how did the vaccines fare when it came to preventing sustained infection? So much better, actually. The BCG group had a 45.4% increase in their ability to prevent sustained infection compared with a placebo. And even though the subunit vaccine performed slightly lower at 30.5%, it was still the first time a subunit vaccine has shown any indication of protection against TB. Well, that's interesting and it's definitely a start. I have a quote here from Mark Hatherill, who was the study's principal investigator and the director of the South African Tuberculosis Vaccine Initiative. He says that although neither vaccine proved to be statistically significant in preventing an initial TB infection, we are extremely encouraged by the signals observed for both vaccines in preventing sustained TB infections. Well, he's certainly right about that, and hopefully this data will act as a platform to explore other avenues. Yes, I mean it would be interesting to assess how these vaccines fare in protecting uninfected adolescents in a more traditional prevention of disease clinical trial. Definitely. So before our second story, here are some other headlines from the field of infectious diseases this week. First up, AstraZeneca's MedImmune unit announced on Wednesday that the CDC's Advisory Committee of Immunisation Practices had voted in favour of the nasal influenza vaccine Flumist Quadrivalent for use in the 2018-2019 to influenza season. The committee had previously advised against the vaccine in 2016, after Flumist was found to have a lower effectiveness against a common influenza strain in children. Also in industry news, the US FDA has granted EvaFem Biosciences fast-track designation for their Amphora vaginal gel to prevent urogenital chlamydia infection in women. The on-demand, non-hormonal contraceptive gel is currently part of a Phase 2b3 trial, looking at the preventions of both chlamydia and gonorrhea infections. Finally, a new study from Cell, Host and Microbe has revealed that serum IgA antibodies deliver a protective barrier against polymicrobial sepsis in mice. Moreover, the team demonstrated that exposing mice to particular microbes can increase their serum levels of these antibodies, 
subsequently protecting against sepsis. You can read more about this story in our news section. In other news published this week, the journal Science has released two papers, authored by separate study groups that have independently developed a novel CRISPR-based test. So the CRISPR-Cas system is definitely a hot area of research. It's previously been harnessed for genome editing. However, in these studies, the teams demonstrate how this gene editing technique could be used to detect infections. I mean, this could potentially revolutionise the way we diagnose HPV, Zika, and all other viruses, really. Exactly! So in the first paper, the team from the University of California, Berkeley, describes the system they've developed, which they've termed Detectar. And this has the ability to distinguish between highly similar strains of HPV. So the science can get a little complicated here, but basically the team coupled the RNA-guided enzyme CRISPR-Cas12A to a reporter molecule. This enzyme reporter complex then allowed for unselective single-stranded DNA cleavage, and when the complex was targeted to HPV DNA, it successfully detected cells that were infected with the virus. Great, and I've got here that the method achieves atomolar sensitivity for DNA detection. That's pretty specific. I know, so accurate. So moving on to the second paper, which was published by Feng Zhang and his team from the Broad Institute in the US. They report an upgraded version of this technology named Sherlock. Now last year, previous studies demonstrated Sherlock's ability to detect viruses such as Zika and Dengue. Yes, so Sherlock combines isothermal preamplification with Cas13 in order to detect single molecules of RNA and DNA. Now, in this recently published study, the team have improved the sensitivity of this technology and have developed paper test strips to display results. It's brilliant. Paper test strips can really improve diagnosis in those low resource settings where both Zika and Dengue are so devastating. Thank you for listening to this week's News Roundup. If you want to read more, you can always head over to ID Hub to read the news stories in full, alongside many of our other features.